Today we're going to talk about worry. Do any of us worry about things? I think we do. We have call it having a concern about different things. But uh, <clears throat> in a study, people were asked to list all their worries over a certain time, and then they were to pick which worries did not happen despite all their worry and concern. And they found in this study that 85% of the things people worried about never actually happened. I think we do that. I know the other day we had uh, our bathtub backed up and water started backing up in the toilet. It wasn't flushing right. And I was freaking out. And what it was was a septic tank needed pumped out. And I was all freaked out about it. But we were able to call and got some guys out that afternoon. They took care of it. Everything was good. It was something we were going to do in the spring. But it uh, was showing itself now. So I, I was concerned about it, I guess, or worried if, if they couldn't come out. And it was all in the Lord's hands. And I, I need to realize that. It says here, too, that basically 97% of what we humans worry about and spend so much time thinking about never happen. And on the chance that it does happen, it's never as bad as we think. Here's a definition of worry. And uh, I'll read it slowly because it, it's a mouthful. It has been defined as the thoughts, images, emotions, and actions of a negative nature in a repetitive, uncontrollable manner that results from a proactive cognitive risk analysis made to avoid or solve the anticipated potential threats and their potential consequences. It would be presented with a situation and we rehearse in our mind, what if this happens? What if that don't happen? And it's a repetitive thing that we do. But the thing in here that I want us to notice where it says uncontrollable, it can be controlled because we can give it over to God and trust him with it. We may not know what the outcome is going to be, but we can seek him through prayer no matter what it is. We can always be in prayer about what uh, we may be facing. I find that uh, to be important. Yes. That's another thing. Worry is bad for us health-wise. It can cause all kinds of problems with your heart, uh, skin issues, all kinds of things are uh, negative effects of worrying. Psalm 23, 
is one of the most loved of David's psalms. Out of his own experience of tending flocks, and you can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David compared a shepherd's relationship with his sheep to the Lord's loving care for his people. Other Bible scholars identify two images in this uh, poem, shepherd and sheep, which are talked about in the first four verses, and the host and the guest, talked about in verses five and six. In any case, the psalm exudes confidence or trust as David reflected on the Lord's faithfulness in his life. We talked last week about how 2020 has been and what, what a year of unprecedented things happening, maybe in our personal lives, but looking at it as a whole uh, for the world, for this country, uh, all the things that happened, God is still on, on the throne. God's in charge. Uh, I think that a lot of the things, well, most everything that happened is his trying to get our attention. Uh, all the wildfires out in California, uh, all the different things that happened is God maybe trying to show us that we can't fix this mess. We're going to have to turn to him and ask him to, to help us. Let's go ahead and read all these. There's only six verses. I, I can't see breaking this up. If someone would like to read it. The house of the Lord is wherever he's at. Wherever his presence is, is his house. So that's, uh, and it talks there about too, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's talking about our life on this earth, but it's also talking about eternity as well. It's not just for this life, but for the life to come. Go ahead, uh, Bill. I'd like to get a copy of that from you, Bill, to keep, because things like that are, I, I think, good tools to have in uh, nurturing us in, in our walk when you can add that to uh, what this psalm is. You, many of us have been to funerals where this psalm is read. And what David's talking about here, there's no date on this psalm of when David wrote it. But it's, it may have been when David was looking back on his life and reflective uh, nature as to uh, what he went through as king and uh, from the humble beginnings of him being a shepherd and comparing the Lord uh, and what he does to what a shepherd does for his sheep. Now, reading about sheep in here, Sheep are people, and people are a lot like sheep. They're not very smart. They get themselves in all kinds of trouble. They need a shepherd to take care of them. 
Sheep are real finicky. They won't lay down unless everything is picture perfect. They won't drink out of running water. <clears throat> they are virtually helpless and defenseless. And that's pretty much us. We're helpless and defenseless. And Jesus was referred to as the good shepherd. And even back in the Old Testament, when Cyrus took over after the Babylonian Empire, that God referred to Cyrus as my shepherd. So shepherd was a reference to leadership uh, in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament for Jesus uh, was referred to as the good shepherd. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob uh, made their living as shepherds. And David followed in their footsteps. Shepherds led their flocks to pasture and water and protected them from predators. What did God do for the nation of Israel after they came out of Egypt? Virtually the very things that the shepherd does uh, for the sheep. He provided for them the manner, the manner that they needed, uh, water, when there seemingly was no water, God provided that. He guided them where he intended for them to go. And he renewed them, just as uh, Jim. And God provided all of that. None were lacking at, at his provision. And it is, it's truly amazing. And I like to think if, let's say you were living in that time and you saw these continuous miracles by God, the, the pillar of fire by night, uh, the cloud in the day that, that led them and stopped when they were intended to stop. Of all these miracles, of seeing God do these things, I would like to think, man, I believe. But Israel, the sheep, and just like people today, you got to show me. And, and yet they still don't believe. And I believe God is doing miracles today in creation and uh, things that we've seen. Uh, recently, the the uh, Bethlehem star, the coming together of those planets. Uh, you think that was some accident? That's God orchestrated that for us to see and, and to look and to give him praise and glory. As it talks about here in verse 3, that he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, so that he gets glory. Uh, not us, but, but for him. In uh, Hebrews 13.20, designated Christ as the great shepherd of the sheep. And Paul instructed church leaders to guard the flock and feed the church of God. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Where it says, I shall not want. That means I shall not lack. Whatever it is that you need, God provides. 
And I know, I'm, yes, Jim. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, The Ten Commandments. I think it came out in 1959, and I remember my mom and my grandma took me and Paul. We were just little boys. We were dressed in our pajamas in the back seat. I remember we, we went to see that movie when it first came out. I, I'd watch it again any time that it's on. What a spectacular display of, of God and his glory. Worry is unnecessary when we trust God's guidance and provision. We don't know the outcome of things and we'll have a tendency to think the worst or, or wonder about something. But we need to trust God's guidance and provision. Worry is unnecessary when we trust God's presence. He is with us. He has promised us that he would never leave us or forsake us. He is not only with us, he is within us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we need not fear. Worry is unnecessary when we trust God's goodness. God has a plan for us to prosper us and to take care of us. He's not going to do anything to, to bring us harm. You know, we're the sheep. When they followed the shepherd, they were in good shape. He provided water for them. He knew the best places to go for water. And if it might be a brook, the shepherd may even dam up the, the river so they would have calm water to drink. Uh, shepherds would often plant grass and uh, things in their fields to where they would have uh, green pastures uh, for them to eat because they wouldn't just eat. Uh, anything. But what I was talking about, everything is not a straight road. Everything is not smooth as this blacktop out here. Sometimes the sheep may have to go through a ravine or a, a valley. We as sheep have to go through some valleys too, some dangerous places. The shepherd is with us when we go through those places. It's he that leads. And we may be fearful and worrisome, but he is with us. And what a... It's a great encouragement uh, when we look around and see the way things are now. If Yes, Bill. That'd be a mess to try and herd them back up too. Because they don't have the sense to, yeah. That, that's what I kind of amazed me about reading about them, is they, they won't lay down unless things are just perfect. Uh, they're, as you said, real skittish. On a scale of 1 to 10, we talk about things that, that we worry about. Is anybody worried about the economy this morning? How about the environment? I'm not too concerned about that. Ronnie. 
That's Ronnie, I think, when we can praise and thank God because we are in a relationship with him. We have the privilege that, that we can go to him in prayer. He knows what, what we're up against. He understands that we have a concern for our kids. Uh, yesterday, Glenn and Paula's boys were uh, on that call over there where that, they had an active shooter. And uh, the prayer call went out uh, to be praying for them. Uh, Remember the victim's family. The guy ended up taking his own life. But uh, none of the officers were hurt or anything. It's, it's a sad thing. But uh, I think God, God hears the prayers of his children. And Jim. Yes. Amen. That's why I made a reference to the, the wildfires. Uh, look at the increase in the number of hurricanes in the last few years. And, and natural uh, order being somewhat disrupted from since they've been keeping records of those things. There, there's an ever-increasing frequency uh, of these kind of events. Yes. Exactly. And scientists want to try to explain it away as global warming and uh, different things. Amen. Consequences of the choices made may be long coming, but, but they're coming. Bill. Bunkers. I think so, too. I really believe it is. And another, I think a big problem with that, Jim, is men love their sin. They love it. Well, there's a place in scripture where it talks about that uh, there was a group that was trying to find new ways to sin, uh, to uh, get more pleasure than, than they were already from what they were doing. They wanted to try to find some new ways. There you go. Uh, men are too prideful. They like being in charge or so they think. They want to do uh, things their way. And God is in charge, not men. And until we learn that, uh, so it goes. What about worrying about the future? I'm not worried about the future. For I know who holds my hand. I know that when I take my last breath here, I've been retired about a year, and I've had a lot of times to sit in my chair and talk, uh, talk with the Lord and, and reflect on being blessed to have been on that property since I was a baby. There's pictures out there of my mom and dad holding me in the front yard, and I think how blessed I've been I don't need anything. I don't want anything. Uh, now, the next thing on here, we do uh, have concerns about our family. We, we wish uh, them well and pray that things will turn out for them, our children and grandchildren. We were once young and impulsive, 
and we did things as to our liking. But with uh, years comes maturity, I think, and wisdom if we'll apply it. And we can only hope to uh, inspire our children and grandchildren. Even if it's by, we maybe can't get them here, but when they see us, they see a difference in us than uh, the way of the world. Ronnie, I think in Proverbs it says the glory of a young man is his strength, but the glory of an old man is the, the gray head. What about your job? I'm not worried about my job anymore. I've done my job, and by the grace of God, I've been allowed to retire. I've got a license plate at home that says retired on it. It says no worries, no money, uh, a bunch of stuff written around the perimeter of it. It's a, uh, but, but we still uh, have worry about stuff. What about relationships? I touched last week on uh, friendships that I had years ago and uh, people's lives touch at different times in, in this journey. And there's some that I thought were friends and come to find out that maybe they weren't. And uh, I, I would like some of those relationships restored, not back to the old ways that we did, but to just let them know that, that I appreciated them and uh, I loved them. I, I still love them now, but we don't uh, cross paths anymore. Yes. Me too, Ronnie. I, I know some that I've heard indirectly that have given their lives to the Lord. And I probably haven't seen them in 20 or 30 years. But I hope and pray that all of them ha have that experience of God calling, drawing them uh, unto himself. And that they too would receive Christ. What about our worries sometimes can be a reality. What about a job loss, a diagnosis from the doctor, a broken relationship? In the end, it doesn't matter if our problem is self-inflicted or brought on by others. It doesn't matter if it's public or private. What matters is that we are not alone. God's presence makes all the difference no matter what circumstances that we face. Ronnie, they came here to work. My mom came from Kentucky here to work and, and met my dad up here. You know the old saying that uh, half the people in Ohio are from Kentucky and the other half's lying. We talk about the Lord too. Uh, these last couple verses, I don't want to neglect them. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Who, who would be our enemies? Satan is one. The way of the world is another enemy of us. And where it says that God prepares a table before me in, thy pre in the presence 
of mine enemies. With the sheep and shepherd analysis, it was often it said that uh, shepherds would sometimes carry extra food in, in case that they went into an area where there wasn't any uh, grass or anything for the sheep to eat, the shepherd would spread out a piece of leather or a long piece of leather to lay the grain on for the shepherds or for the sheep to eat off that. That would be compared uh, to being a, a table, that the shepherd would prepare a table uh, for the sheep and he would anoint us my head with oil. That was a common practice. Hi, Nancy. God bless you. When uh, you would go to a banquet or something back in, in those days, that the host would anoint the guest's head with oil. They would uh, pour oil on their head. It, it was a sign of well-being. Uh, analgesic, they said. But... Uh, it was the thing to do, uh, a sign of, of well-being. It says, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed or smeared with oil in biblical times to set them apart for the Lord's service. Anointing symbolized God's power. You know, there's <clears throat> adversity can come like that at you unawares. And what you just shared, where you feel that anointing, you feel the Lord's presence over you, it's, it's priceless and you can't describe to feel God's presence like that. When uh, I told the story here, when my mother passed away, this is 11 years ago, the 29th of December. I was up and ready to go to work. And instead of going to work, I just drove on down to the hospital. And I remember it was cold, cold outside. But that drive from the house to the hospital, I felt like Jesus was right beside me driving in there. I, my heart was broken, but it was also joy, filled with joy at that moment because I, I understood mom's suffering was over and I was thanking God and praising God on the way in there. And I, that, that's the Lord. When the Lord comes on you like that, like you said, sis, it's, uh, it's powerful. And uh, a team of horses couldn't hold you down. How can our attitudes and actions express our trust in God's goodness? Someone might know that you're going through something and you don't have to go around and him haul around and poor me and I don't know what I'm going to do and be anointed. Remember when David's 
baby by Bathsheba died. He prayed for that child. And when it died, he, he got himself up, went and washed, and uh, anointed his head with oil. God also desires, I think I'm done, that we will live with him. That is why he pursues us. God desires to become your shepherd and protect you in the deep, dark valleys of life. It is by his presence that we gain a sense of hope and courage. His never letting go, always coming after us, love, becomes an ever-present help in our lives. And by his goodness, we dine at the king's table forever. It says that when we get to heaven, that we won't have to eat. There will be no need to. But we'll, we'll be allowed to, I guess. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, 